The poor underdog Lakers are down 0-2. How will they possibly compete? We'll ask Anthony Irwin of Lakers Lounge how the Lakers can get back in the series, plus his thoughts. Plus, we'll talk about some of the media narratives uh, from Michael Malone's number one hater, Anthony Irwin, on today's (laughs) Locked on Nuggets. You are Locked on Nuggets, your daily Denver Nuggets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Nuggets, your daily Denver Nuggets podcast, part of the Locked On Network, your team every day. Thanks for joining us, making this your first listen. We appreciate you guys joining us on whatever platform you choose, whether it's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or usually on YouTube, where we host a live show Monday through Friday. No live show on this one. We recorded one earlier this morning, and to be quite honest, I didn't want to risk Lakers fans and Nuggets fans being in the same digital room any more than they have to be. Uh, I did want to get my good friend Anthony Irwin on from Lakers Lounge. You can catch it on YouTube and on wherever you get podcasts in the Lakers Lounge. If you are inclined to listen to Lakers coverage, if you listen to this, it's always better good coverage. Get, yeah, always good for us to get get perspective from good thoughts from across the aisle, so to speak, across the way uh, from the folks wearing the other uh, the other laundry is always a good perspective to have especially since there's quite a few of them apparently in denver as they've been showing up at, at nuggets games although i will say i thought there'd be a lot more lakers fans at games one and two and it's been a surprisingly very partisan uh, lakers crowd nuggets fans have shown up for the western conference finals golf clap for them it's the conference finals they should show up for it uh anthony's on twitter at at anthony Irwin la and anthony i will start with this question for you um what was your expectation of the series coming in who did you think was better coming in and has anything changed since? I thought Denver was better going in, just like I thought Golden State was better going in. Mm. Um, and and that's why my expectation was like, well, maybe my math on this Lakers team is off. So um, I, I'm not going to lie. I talked to Harrison. Like Harrison was, was ready to um, unleash the DMs and and say that or, or show me messaging him like man i hate this matchup against golden state right i hate this matchup the, this this feels like you know could be warriors in 5 this i just am not confident about the about that matchup and then obviously you know the lakers would come out and and i thought like over the course of that series appear to be the better team mm-hmm. so like that kind of messed with my math going into this series where again um Denver has been the best team in the Western Conference all year when they have tried and cared to 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 you know actually compete as they did the first parts of the season they were like leaps and bounds better than everybody else in the conference and then you know you have that second half of the season where you had all the Jokic nonsense pop up and you had the Nuggets kind of recognize all right we can kind you had a I think at one point you had like an 8 or 7 or an 8 game lead on the rest of the conference. So uh, they just kind of closed up shop and floated through the, the second half of the season. And you combine what the Lakers were doing during that time with that floating. And I, and, and then you combine that with, with my math potentially being off in, because of the, the golden state series. And I was like, I still think Denver's better, but you know, I do think there's a path here for the Lakers to win. So I thought, I thought going in, it was a coin flip. 
Um, and if the Lakers were going to win in six, it was because they were going to get the split in Denver and then a hold serve at home. Um, but I not not much has really changed. Like Denver has been better in all of the ways that I thought they were going to be better before my math got messed with by the Golden State series. Um, Denver has done a significantly better job. I think the difference really in this series uh, compared to the Golden State one is that Denver has made D'Angelo Russell unplayable in ways that Golden State didn't, and and that has really messed with uh, those the, the, the that starting group that has been pretty good since the trade deadline and is now not. Yeah, uh, it's it's fascinating to kind of see that play out because like I couldn't understand why the Warriors weren't playing him off the floor. It was like baffling to me. I was like, what are you guys doing? Uh, this is D'Angelo Russell. He can't beat switches. He struggles in tight spaces. He's mm-hmm. not a very adept playmaker in terms of second level reads. He's a good first level uh, read playmaker, all these types of things. And I was like, and he's a defensive huge liability. Um, mm-hmm. He's never been really a winning player where he's been like, I'm higher on D'Lo than most. And even I'm like, okay, but he's like the weak point and the Warriors mm-hmm. never exposed him. And a yeah. lot of that was, they didn't switch as much as I thought that they would. I thought they would be like, Oh yeah, we're going to switch everything. They really didn't. They gave him like space versus the drop. I was like, what are you doing? Um, yeah. And then honestly, like Clay Thompson just could not expose him. Like Clay, he just like, or pool. and Clay just couldn't hit shots. And um, that was a huge swing in that series. And I think you're right that like the Lakers in that series were the better team. Like, I mean, I don't know how you can argue that given how the way that it played out, like they dominated mm-hmm. that series. Um, I think it's <clears throat> with where Delo's at, you know, Darvin Ham makes the adjustment. Fourth quarter, game one, let's go to Rui, small ball. That's the first adjustment. Game two, he puts Vando into the starting lineup to mm-hmm. try and, you know, lock and trail Jamal Murray and keep – and it worked for a long stretch of that game. Uh, Jamal Murray did not shoot well, did not play well. And then the fourth quarter, he goes absolutely supernova. Um, I think an interesting question is, do you like that Darwin has expended as many options – as he has already, or does that concern you about trying to win the long breadth of a series? Yeah, I get the concern, but I also think that again, it's, it's just about scripts to me. And I know that um, Nuggets fans thinks that there's actually a script writer for the NBA writing this stuff out. But um, I, I really thought that, so in the first series against Memphis, the Lakers essentially said, all you got to do is grab your split, take care of business at home, win in six. Same thing against Golden State. Get your split on the road, come home, take care of business. Game five is game five, and then you win in six. And I think here in this series, I think the Lakers, correctly, by the way, thought that they had to win one of these two games um, in order to really have uh, a, a pretty good chance in this series. And uh, I think they played the first game, um, they, they didn't come out with the right intensity, I didn't think, but over the course of the game, I thought that they played it to win it. They, they, it didn't feel like one of those games that you kind of feel out and then, ah, oh, shucks, we don't have it. And you kind of move on. Um, and then in the second game, I thought they were the better team for like two and nine tenths quarters in, in that one. And then you had that, the, the end of the third happened and the beginning of the fourth happened and the neck, the nuggets were like, no, actually we're the better team in the series. Jamal Murray is actually really difficult to guard when, when, when he doesn't miss. And, and, um, I thought that, you know, I, 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 
liked the Lakers approach in trying to get that split. And unfortunately, what that means, though, is that you do wind up throwing more of your punches. You threw you, you, you wind up throwing more of the pitches that you're in the counters and all of that stuff um, that you're going to if you uh, feel more confident in, in this one. So um, I, I they had to win one of those two games. I don't think they have a chance in the series here moving forward, having not won one of those two games. And unfortunately, that means you have to show more of your more of your hand. On the other side, I'm going to ask Anthony about some of the adjustments we see going into game three and four in L.A. about whether or not the Lakers uh, will be able to even the series and what he thinks about the rest of the se- of the series. Uh, later in the show, we'll get into the media narratives as well as I will try and convince Anthony desperately that maybe, just maybe, he can recognize the free throw advantage the Lakers consistently have. We'll do that when we return on Locked On Nuggets. First, I need to tell you about Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs, most comfortable shorts that you're going to find. Uh, comfy, comfy pants, comfy shorts. Uh, the liners, if you want to, if you get them with the liners, are absolutely amazing. Uh, you get one pair of pants you can take on the golf course to a meeting, to a date, hanging out with friends, whatever it is that you need. <clears throat> There's so many different ways that you can use these shorts, whether you're just like going out to, they're a great pair for running around, out, going out and running errands. That's where I've been using them. Um, they're super comfortable no matter what size you are. You can, you can look great in them. If you're slim, you can look decent. If you look like me, um, you can do all these kind of things. They will make you look good and they're super comfortable and they're really versatile uh, for any type of situation that you're going to be in. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on NBA. When you enter promo code locked on NBA, they'll throw in a free custom bird dogs, Yeti style tumbler with every order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on NBA. We'll be right back on locked on nuggets. Back here on locked on nuggets joined by Anthony Irwin from Lakers lounge. You can catch him on Twitter at Anthony Irwin LA. He's also got written content. He's got so much cool stuff. Go check him out. He is worth a follow. Uh, all right, Anthony. So the series shifts back to LA for for three and four, and it's very easy to overreact to games one and two. Um, it is notable that, as I mentioned this morning on this morning show, the teams that are up 2-0 in the conference finals have gone fifty-seven and six. LeBron has two two zero comebacks in his career, so like he can do it for sure. At least he could in his younger years. Um, you and I are, are both have a penchant for doom and gloom. I think as as most. <laughs> Uh, passionate people do. I will ask you to like put that aside and really think about this. And what do you think the chances are that they take both games and all that? They're going to get one. Like, let's be real. They're, they're not, the Lakers are not getting, LeBron James is not getting swept by the Nuggets, mm-hmm. but they're getting one. What do you think the odds are that they get two? And if they get it to two, two, how much better do you think you will feel about the series? I'd say like 51, 49, you know, they, again, um, I, I think more notable than the amount of adjustments that Ham has thrown out there over the first two uh, games is how hard the Lakers have played. Like, because of because they have gotten the split in the game that they wanted it, right? Memphis game one, they won, and it allowed, it allowed them to kind of take off game two. They got the, the, the back-to-back home wins in three and four in both of the series, um, against Memphis and, and Golden State, which allowed them to kind of take game five off, for lack of a better term. Um, in this case, though, they have played two straight really difficult games, uh, really arduous games, and now they go back to L.A. where they're going to have to do that twice over. That's four straight really, you know, arduous, brutal games, and, and Denver is bigger and more physical than either of the two teams that they have played in, in the playoffs so far. So 
yeah, I, I, I'm actually more nervous about their legs going back home than any kind of X's and O's things that, that um, Mike Malone now has on. Oh, is it Michael? Michael. Yeah, Michael. Uh, I'm, I'm, more, I'm more concerned about the, 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 the legs than Malone having tape on what the Lakers were trying to do to, to adjust to or force the Nuggets to adjust to them. So, yeah, I, game three, it kind of sort of has to be a blowout so that they can yeah. take, they can take the, the, the fourth quarter off and be able to get just that extra little bit amount of rest before you play game four, which is their season. <laughs> you know, you can't go down three, one to these, to these guys. So I would say 51, 49, um, pretty, pretty dependent on whether or not they win game three handily. <clears throat> yeah. The endurance thing, I think it, that's been one of the things that was kind of baffling to me. There was this idea that was really kind of floated around that, you know, the longer this series goes, the more I like the Lakers. I don't really understand that. I'm like, guys, they need to like, the Lakers need to win game one and get pressure mm-hmm. on them, win 3-4, and then have it be 3-1 and have the Nuggets basically be like, well, we're not coming back. Yeah. You know, they would put up a fight, but it's like we can't win three straight, right? That's right. what they need to get to. And like, they obviously can't get to that now. Um, I, I don't want 38-year-old LeBron after two playoff series – especially in this one where he's having to now guard Jokic because AD can't um, guard Jokic, be primary initiator, run out and transition, make weak side plays, dissect everything at age 38. Um, that's a lot for him. And then you got Davis who, you know, quite honestly, uh, you had Mike Trudell, who, by the way, I love Mike, love, love Mike. Mike's I've followed Mike's work for years uh, at Lakers reporter. Mike mm-hmm. was on the show talking about how like the AD, every other game thing is dead. That's over with. And then, uh, AD completely just sucked in game two. Offensively, um, I he, he was still a big part of the Lakers holding Denver, one, like maybe one of the best offenses in the league to 108 points. Like that's, you know, we can note that. <laughs> I think the coverage was was good. Like the way Darwin schemed it was pretty good. Um, I, I still found a lot of opportunities for it. Now the tracking data supports you because the tracking data is like, yeah, Jokic was three of eight. Two of those were misses that he got his his rebound on, um, and they're the putbacks are, are are a thing where I think Jokic missed some bunnies. And honestly, he can hit next time. Um, I don't feel watching him that Jokic feels him at all. Not one no. one weak side that he's a presence. He's absolutely yeah. present, and you know he makes. I think he blocked Jamal once, and he's got all these blocks, and and that's that's obviously hugely important for uh, the kind of playmaker that he is defensively uh, in game two. Um, they did have a 106.5 defensive rating with Davis on the floor. That's not bad. Um, it's really good compared to like full season marks and for the for the the Nuggets. I think one of the problems is like there's two questions: Is Davis doing well, and is Davis doing well enough given what he's asked to do? I think those two questions are really interesting to ask. Is like is 106 and a half good enough? Because the Lakers' offense has never really been good. Um, it wasn't good even in the second half of the season. That's one of the reasons I like the Nuggets in the series. If you look back at the, like, the playoffs. Even versus versus the Grizzlies, and even versus without Stephen Adams and Brandon Clark, and even versus the Warriors, um, who are absolute just terrible on the road, the Lakers half court offense was still middle of the pack, and that was that's just been a problem. They got to get out and run, right? Mm-hmm. And he's not really part of that. He's not chucking up the floor. Um, do you feel like Davis, like you kind of defended him there? Do you feel like how important is it that Davis gives more? in this series, if they're going to have any sort of chance of winning. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess, I guess where I get kind of annoyed 
just really quickly, if I could touch on the, the every other game thing, right? Sure. Is that like, um, with Steph, when he doesn't, when his like counting numbers don't reflect like the kind of game that you're expecting out of a great player like Steph, right? The, the retort is always, yeah, but his gravity is so immense out there that you make, that makes the game so much easier on everybody else. Right. And I'm not saying that that's wrong, but I find it, um, I find it kind of frustrating that when somebody like AD, whose presence out there defensively makes everybody better, we don't, we don't, you know, that, that same retort isn't offered up. Now, look, no excuses made whatsoever here. He was terrible offensively last night to the point where he gave up on trying to get to the rim and started shooting three pointers when the Lakers felt the game slipping away. And that cannot happen. Like he, he has been um, as bad as Draymond from three for the last couple of years. And you ask anybody who's ever played the Warriors, if Draymond Green is taking threes down the stretches of those games, you've done your job defensively. And, and, and that's something that he can't do again. But yeah, I, I just think when, when we just like file it away as, oh, it's an odd game or it's an even game. We didn't get the, the, the we didn't get the AD game. He's still special defensively in ways that like, you know, that, that end of the court really matters. Now, to your point on the Lakers transition, and this is something that I've, I went back and forth with um, in my post game show and that I've gone back and forth with in the hours since is the Lakers, um, like you're saying, mediocre in the half court. And especially when uh, Russell isn't playing very well, they become less than mediocre. And, um, and if, and if you're really relying on Dennis Schroeder pick and rolls, like, you know, there's a reason Dennis Schroeder doesn't have the 80 something million dollar contract. And and he became kind of a joke. Uh, You need to get out and transition and you need stops. But the thing is, that's a really arduous way to play. And, and, and the Lakers just, the, they'll go, they'll do that for stretches and they'll get LeBron out in transition, but then you'll see the first time out after they've gone on a bit of a run that is based on transition. And you just see LeBron like walking back to the, to the time, to the timeout, just like, Whew, all right, we, <laughs> we need, we need to slow it down here. We got our 10 point lead, we got our 12 point lead. And, and frankly, like I thought last night um, in, in that game or whenever you guys are listening to this, um, you know, Thursday night in that game, a, a major part of the Nuggets being able to hang around is that, you know, in, when they would, when the Lakers would stretch it out to a 10, 12 point lead, it didn't ever grow to 16 to 18 to 20 points. And, um, you know, that's just, a, a it, it, the Den- Denver is so good in those clutch moments that as you got closer to the fourth quarter and that lead wasn't growing, I felt myself getting kind of nervous. I texted you last night, right? You were like, Oh, it's going to be one, one, here we go. And I'm like, <laughs> this needs to be a blowout based on the way that that game was playing out. And, it, and, and the fact that it isn't makes me really feel like, yeah, Denver's probably going to pull away in this thing. Um, now the Lakers made a bit of a run there late and, and made a game out of it or whatever, but like Denver vastly outplayed the Lakers in the second half. And uh, again, better team. That's what, that's what they should do, especially at home. But yeah, I, I think with AD, like they, they do need more out of him. They, it, my, my buddy Grant, um, who does social for, for ESPN, right. Uh, Grant Goldberg, um, when the Lakers were playing the Warriors, he, he fired off a tweet that was essentially like, you know, a meme of, you know, Hey, AD, this is like LeBron talking to AD. Hey man, you're like six inches taller than everybody else on the court. Like, can you just go dunk once? <laughs> can you just try that once? 
And, and um, you know, you mentioned it uh, when we were texting back and forth last night that when he sees a bigger group in front of him, he just wants to become a jump shooter. And if you turn Anthony Davis, this like human pterodactyl into Danilo Gallinari on offense, you know, you've done your job. So I, the Lakers need to find a way to get him moving downhill, get him to the rim and, and get him dunking again. It just happened. It hasn't happened. I don't know if Darwin will do this, but one thing he could do is he could actually switch up the stagger. I think it'd be probably pretty wise to put AD with the second unit. And mm-hmm. if you stagger, if you bridge that, now it means that LeBron's going to have to play more versus Jokic. Best of luck to you. Um, Cause you can't play any minutes without LeBron or AD, right? Like you just can't yeah. get through any minutes without LeBron and AD. Um, but if you could stagger the opposite that now all of a sudden like AD is going against Aaron Gordon and Jeff green and mm-hmm. AD can just go out there and dunk and flex like he does whenever he dunks on someone smaller and look very <laughs> imposing. And then, yeah. you know, then he can fade back into the distance whenever Jokic comes back in. Um, you mentioned kind of like, by the way, the Steph <laughs> comparison, uh, I do want to note what's crazy in the series it's two games, right? Uh, on court Davis has a net, a, I'm sorry, a defensive rating of 120. That's extremely high. Uh, off court, it's 96. The Lakers defense has been 23.9 points per 100 possessions worse with Anthony mm-hmm. Davis on the floor through the two games in this series. That's one of the things with, with the Steph thing, right? Is like, even when Steph doesn't have the box score output, they're one of the reasons that I'm like, I'm with you on the gravity thing. I like, I always kind of roll my eyes where I'm like, Okay, you get some credit for it, but like you're not active. If, if you're not passing, if you're not doing anything, how much mm-hmm. credit do you really get for this? Like you're just like you get credit because the defense is freaked out by the idea of you, which mm-hmm. that's a big part of AD too. But in this series, it does seem like with a 120 defensive rating, they haven't really been freaked out by him. And he's going to have to now. I think he can just do better in in LA. Like I wouldn't be like I'm expecting a monster Davis game in Game Three, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because sorry. Yeah. It's sorry, every other game. So like he'll come in and he'll play like he'll have like a 35. I think he has like a 35 point game with like something ridiculous on stocks. Like he may legitimately have like seven or eight stocks, like mm-hmm. uh, steals plus blocks. And then like a he had a great rebounding game last night. Defensively, he struggled. He could never crash on the offensive glass. Um, and I think he has like I think he goes to the line, which we'll talk about in the last segment. Like I think he's just going to go to the line a ton in game three and if he does that again in game four if he if he, if you're right and he breaks that pattern and he goes if he steps up and he's huge in games three and four lakers will be two it will be two two and now look it's it's you're into a three game series and it's shot variance and like all these types of things i always like i've started on this this, this postseason about like there's gonna be more plot twists Mm. Like, there's always more plot twists we have like a we have, so we have I, we're, we're going with the script writing thing huh yeah we have, we have the story right now and we'll see if there's a plot twist now that we enter into this middle part m night Shyamalan is just <laughs> working away yeah there you go um what if we, <laughs> on the other side i'm gonna talk to, to anthony about some stuff that we definitely disagree on with regards to the national perception of the nuggets michael malone's comments of uh, on those things uh, and I will try and be, have Anthony be the first Lakers fan ever to admit that they get a pretty friendly whistle. We'll do that on the other <laughs> side when we return yeah. on Locked on Nuggets. Final segment here on Locked on Nuggets on a Friday night. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate you guys being with us. Anthony Irwin at Anthony Irwin LA on Twitter. I appreciate him uh, coming on the show to deal with my trolling and berating today. Um, 
Okay, I want to do the, the free throw thing first. So you don't have to squabble about this. I, here, I want to get, like tell you my full take on this. All right, all right. Um, <laughs> I've been waiting because it's only I've only gotten it in text. I haven't gotten it yeah. in, in in audio. All right. Here, here's my thing. Um, I I tend to push back really hard on fans when they blame officials because I'm just like, guys, you can't control it. Mm-hmm. It's an act of God. You know, you're gonna get bad calls. They're gonna get bad calls. You're gonna get good calls. They're gonna get bad calls. That happens. And that's true of 29 NBA teams. I will tell you <laughs> that in my entire life of watching the NBA, there has been one consistent trend and it's boy, the Lakers sure did get a favorable whistle. One of the reasons that, that I, that I'm like, am I crazy on this is you will see national reporters from all over the country and they'll comment on the same. Like, mm-hmm. this is not a me thing. This is a, like, even outside of 2002, which by itself is its own <laughs> unique circumstance. Yeah. We have this expansive history of this going on. And, like, last night you were like, all that, and they only won the free throw battle by eight. The Nuggets shot six free throws under 24.5 seconds because the Lakers were intentionally fouling. The free throw advantage was plus 14. Mm-hmm. I understand the Lakers are physical, but if you're a physical defensive team, we we saw this in like in the mid 2000s. If you play really physical defense, you're more likely to foul. Even if you're a really good defensive team, you're still more likely to foul. The Nuggets run their offense through Nikola Jokic, a postman, a big man, mm-hmm. and yet the free throw differential for the wispy jump shooter Anthony Davis is through the roof. And Jokic, I think, got four last night. That's it. While you, by the way, you you had issues on the show about, uh, you, you had a you had a problem with like Jokic drawing fouls. Um, well, you you can use a word. You can use a word. Flopping. Jokic. Some. <laughs> Jokic took six free throws last night. So like. Yeah. D- Let's start here. Can you see how people might feel? that the Lakers get an advantageous whistle at times. Yeah, I can see why. Like, every fan feels like their team gets robbed um, when, when, when their team is losing, and no, the Lakers I'm have not, beaten a lot of teams. I'm just talking about, like, a casual observer. Just, like, somebody with no real affiliation. All right, so you, you mentioned, you mentioned the, the idea that the Lakers have um, historically gotten uh, a, a favorable whistle, right, over, over the, the, the course of your lifetime. Well, over the course of your lifetime, they had the three-peat when they had Shaq and Kobe, and Shaq was always going to draw a whole bunch of fouls. There was no way to guard Shaq without fouling. Sure. Or, or, like, flopping started because Vladi Divac was like, all I can do here is just fall over and hope that they call it in my favor, right? Um, so, so, like, in, the, in those series, the Lakers were probably going to shoot more free throws there because of hack of Shaq, because of the way that you had to defend Shaq, uh, Kobe would would attack the basket and stuff too. Um, so, like, I I think that can be explained, right? Um, you look at the the next run where they were where they were good and they were winning championships, right? It was Kobe and Powell and Odom and Bynum, and they were very phys- physical and and focused on the rim, on the front of the rim, and stuff like that. They weren't they weren't the seven seconds or less Suns, Matt. <laughs> like they, yeah, but it like. Was, Powell was a skilled big man, and Bynum was out for most of those of those durations with injury. 
Yeah, but but like they, they still focused a lot. Like Powell was very skilled and, and he was an incredible passer. And a lot of the passing was dedicated towards like, you know, high low stuff that, that he and Odom would do, would do together. And there was a lot of stuff that was getting there to, to the front of the rim. And again, Kobe, like he didn't shoot threes. He wasn't he wasn't that kind of a player. So he was focused on getting to the rim. Famously in game seven against Boston, when he couldn't throw a pee in the ocean, he basically just started to put his head down and and was you know driving and look if you're if you're a boston fan i'm sure you're looking at that game and you're saying well it sure is nice that kobe was able to shoot 14 free throws or whatever it was um and i get it like that's how that's how fandom works and you know again when the lakers win a championship in the bubble it's lebron and ad they're two of the more physically imposing players in the league now they had incredible one shooting them, in that one of them is for sure yeah <clears throat> Matt, like you can you can say what you want. Like AD's AD's really good defensively, and it isn't like some coincidence. It's not like it's, it's not like it just happens. He's a he's um, a he is a phenomenal interior weak side defender. He is incredible. And that's and that, by the way, I saw the shot that that Adam took on this show at at LeBron having to guard Jokic, and how like that was because you know, AD couldn't guard Jokic. It was it's more because AD focus focusing solely on one-on-one defense against Jokic makes him a significantly less impactful defender oh, in the no, ways that the no, Lakers need him no, to defend. Jokic is also shooting 62% from the field. And being at those games, I can tell you, 80's reaction after these shots is one of complete dejection. So, oh, like, sure. I'm, I'm not saying that Jokic isn't... AD, I'm not saying... Like, if I'm not saying, player you think he is, he should be able to guard Nikola Jokic. No, he's given up 50 pounds. <laughs> like, he's, like, of course that matters. You know, there were probably really good defenders who had to try to guard Shaq, you know, and, and Jokic is as physically imposing in, in many ways because of like what he can do on the perimeter too, um, as, as Shaq. He's huge, man. And he's got like that mentality of like, no, nope, you're just not going to move me. I'm, I'm not only are you not going to move me, I'm going to move you wherever I want to put you. And that is the player that AD has always struggled with. Andre I mean, Drummond, for some reason, plays really well against AD. Embiid plays really well against AD. Like those super huge people who don't get moved are really difficult matchups for AD. I did want to ask you, isn't, isn't there a certain irony in the fact that AD really needs a center next to him now? There's some. There's some. But also, like, they don't get here if, to if this he point. Survive. Yeah. Yeah, like so, you know, like I, I, I thought coming into the series that the Lakers were gonna miss like a Dwight type player. Not yeah. not because like, you know, Lakers fans were like, Oh, he got in Jokic's head or whatever, but okay. but it just it, it helps that you have somebody big like that who can wrestle with Jokic and and throw that like right now, <laughs> Lakers fans are like, Where's Mo Bamba? Well, for one thing he's hurt. And two, if you've ever seen Mo Bamba play, he's a huge person, but he has the motor of like yeah. a 93 civic yeah you um, really soured on him it was you know i thought he was yeah pretty good in orlando but he was he was really drawn your ire as a lakers fan he just um, i i just i always worry about bigs who don't have motors um and so I, but I anyway you as, as saying that all of the calls on the lakers are legit okay and there's no, no 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 not all of them like look I, I um david stern i here's the thing if you're a fan of a different team and you hear david stern even sarcastically give a quote like you know if we could we would have the lakers play the lakers in the finals right like if you're gonna hear that and then you see the free throw totals after that you're gonna be like well hold on <laughs> wait a second i get and and i understand where, where that comes from too um but 
like I don't know. I I watched like Warriors fans were whining about not getting as many free throws when they were shooting fifty threes a game against the Lakers. Like you're not, <laughs> and and even in last night's game, the the Nuggets. And by the way, the Lakers early in the game were getting to the free throw line more often, and and then they started sh- shooting threes in the second half, and you saw that that free throw total kind of like slowly shrink. The gap kind of slowly shrink. Denver shot thirty eight threes last night. You know, and when they were making their comeback, it was it was three pointer after three pointer after three pointer. Think what Murray hit three, uh, or yeah, no, yeah, Murray hit three, MPJ hit a couple. You know, and and when you're shooting threes, unless you're getting that weak like landing zone call that exists, um, like I, I just you're you're not going to get to the free throw line very often. And the Lakers, um, when when they are really operating well. They are getting LeBron to the front of the rim. They are getting AD to the front of the rim. Rui is getting to the rim. And those guys like that, when you play that way, you're going to get fouled. There's no other way to defend those guys. Are you aware that the Lakers have the second fewest drives per game in the playoffs? Yeah, but... So they're not I, getting to the front of the rim because they can't be because they're not... If they're driving, inherent... If, like, if they have the second lowest drive rate, inherently that refutes the point, Yes. No, because like are, are drives counting pick and rolls, like guys getting pick and rolls and, and back cuts and stuff like that. Because if if that isn't counted, and that's a, a big part of the offense, you feel like they're a, a great passing team. I think they can. You have LeBron. <laughs> LeBron's a pretty good passer. Pretty good. And um, Rui actually made a really good pass last night. Rui made it like that dish to AD underneath that drew a foul was a really good pass. Yeah, I, it 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 just it just it you know do I think they are, are again the the seven seconds or less Suns or anything like that or the Showtime Lakers? No, but I, I do think um, practically speaking they are very good at at those interior passes and and again like this is where I get kind of frustrated with AD is and and where I get frustrated with the guards trying to feed AD is like against the Warriors they kept on throwing these pocket passes and um, <laughs> you guys. <laughs> AD can like jump over most of these people, just get the ball up on the rim, either as an alley-oop or, or, or as a shot. And um, what would happen is, you know, that pa- those, those pocket passes would either not work out, be turnovers that, that you would miss opportunities on, or AD would catch the ball, go up through arms, and you would get to the free throw line that way. And then you have like um, Austin Reeves, who I don't think his shot, I think he, what did he shoot? One free throw last night, so he's not getting to the line very much either here. So, like the grifting knock isn't hasn't been the case. And look, if if you want to say it, and and confirmation bias is always going to play its role here. If you want to say that like the Lakers aren't getting the free throws and therefore they are down 0-2, I think that's that's a part of it. There's nothing I can say to the contrary there. Uh, some of the media stuff because you referred to Michael Malone as Mikey last night. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So Miguel, Miguel, your, uh, your assertion, and this has been Lakers fans thing is like, I feel like Lakers fans want it both ways that they want to be, they want the exceptionalism that they've always, you know, been able to wrap themselves in, in a comfy blanket of exceptionalism, it's a really warm, fluffy blanket, fluffy blanket of, of exceptionalism, but also <laughs> they want to be like the underdog. Right, and they want to be like, well, we're, <laughs> we're this series. Okay, we got, let, let's no, no, no. Let's start this out. Let's start this out. Alright. You're right that they're the underdog. Mm-hmm. Are they talked about like an underdog? Or are they talked about like they're the underdog that can win? 
because they, they are you, you can't reach this conclusion. Like, there's no way for the Lakers to be favored. They were a seven seed. The Nuggets are the one. Like, mm-hmm. there's no conclusion otherwise. But how often would you ever think that a seven seed could play a one seed? And you would be like, I don't know who the better team is. That that would be a question coming in. How often? It, well, I, I just don't think, like, with with – the people who like are actually good at analyzing this, right? The non first take people, the, the, the non like, you know, talking heads, people, the the people who actually really do study this stuff. I don't think many of those people did feel like the Lakers were going to win this series. Right. And like the people who were choosing them were like based in LA. And of course, if you're close to it, you're going to say, you're going to say, this is part of the issue. Like you can, can we admit that a large section of the media like, and I don't use that term a lot because I don't like to generalize. Like, look, Tony Jones is here right mainstream the media. Like, this is, this yeah, exactly. <laughs> like Tony Jones is here right into the athletic and he's writing yeah. on the nuggets and he's talking about how great Jamal is and how Nicole is really convinced. Like he's literally been like, I did not realize how great Nicola was. Like I've watched mm-hmm. him and knew he was awesome. I didn't know he was this great or that he was this good defensively or these other things. Uh, Vinny Goodwill, same deal. He's here writing for Yahoo. He wrote about Nicole after game one. Like, the, when we talk about the media, but here's the problem. And the reason I will defend this with Malone to you is because everybody's like, he's doing this for this, that, and the other. Here's what Malone does. He spends all of his time doing film, doing, uh, doing coaching stuff. We're stressing about the game, doing other things that he's got to do for team business, hanging out with his, with his daughter. Right. And then what does he do? He comes home and what is he, what's he going to turn on? Like, where's he getting his stuff from? Is he listening yeah. to the low post? no. Right? Should be. Why, should, wait, hold on. Should <laughs> like, be. But he's not. <laughs> I don't think Michael Malone. If, if Michael Malone listens to podcasts, it's like a craft brewing podcast or like <laughs> a World true. War II history podcast. Okay. Yeah. Like, that's what he's army, <laughs> lock, so, locked on army bunkers. Yes. <laughs> but can we admit that the that the that the outlets with the largest reach? Mm-hmm. Oh, dude, that's a that's an all right. I don't think that's a specific Nuggets problem, though. No, like, I it's think the Lakers problem. No, I no, I think it's I think it's a I think it's a media problem. Like the when you talk about like it, it's funny. Um, I'm a Vikings fan. You're a Chiefs fan, right? So for the most part of our lives, all of my life, most part of your life, right? Um, the the football team that we have rooted for has sucked. Yep. <laughs> In one way or another, they've not been very good, Accurate. and therefore. Therefore, it didn't get very much coverage, right? And then all no, of a sudden, I feel like the NFL. Well, though, can, what, like, just really quick, if like if when when the Vikings were like th- this last year that they had, mm-hmm. every Vikings fan knew that that was fraudulent. Every yeah. single one of us, you know. And and um, I was as as the, as the Vikings were kind of going on their run, they started getting more and more kind of attention. It was like Kirk Cousins for MVP. What do you think? And I'm like, he's not what, <laughs> you know, and, and this is a part of it that um, like, I, I think it is, it can cut both ways because like the, the Lakers, yeah, they get all this extra attention and you, and, and sure, maybe you're getting extra credit from these big platforms or whatever, but they also have more dumb stuff said about them per capita than like any other team. So it swings both ways next year, by the way, after the nuggets are celebrate, uh, you know, after they celebrate their championship this year, they are going to get more attention and they are going to like they, you know, more people are going to have more higher expectations of them. And Nuggets fans are going to get really sick of national national voices exactly. saying really dumb stuff about their team. And and like this is this is like why I I um I think it's more I don't know if it's look, I'm biased, but I think it's more 
of a problem with those shows and those platforms than it is the Lakers specifically. There was a, a podcast posted last night and everybody's like, why won't you name names? And the answer is because like, I don't like sicking people on colleagues. Like I respect yeah. people that were on these shows. Like mm -hmm. I disagree with it. I think it's a problem, but I'm not going to sick. Like I don't, I don't like doing that. Um, unless it's Anthony. Me, however. No, I will do it. <laughs> um, the show I listened to last night was literally, it was a national podcast on mm -hmm. a four letter network. And it was entirely about the Lakers. And it was one person saying like, look, this was a direct quote. I just think they're outmatched. It sucks. That was a quote from like a national yeah. analyst. Well, all right. I didn't listen to it. Uh, for one, I don't, I don't listen. Like, I'm sorry. Most people who I follow who like follow me and stuff like, I don't, I don't listen to much. I don't read much and stuff like that. Cause I don't want it to like, I don't want my takes to come from other people. Um, as you would probably take away from, from some of my opinions, but, um, I, I, there's a, there's a framing of that where, um, from a sheer entertainment standpoint, if one team is just better than the other one, that and the series is basically over and it's just a matter of like how many games one team is going to win versus another and you're a national platform um yeah like it that would suck it it was it, it would kind of suck that that like did, you did know the series they, is just like over do you think they would have said like yeah no the lakers are just better it sucks for them you know like the lakers are just better than memphis it sucks that's not being said and then another person that's on fair. that podcast was just like like the, the tone has entirely been like the Lakers should have won one of the games. Well, and they should like, have won last night. I thought like, I, 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 I agree. You, you <laughs> they should. This up, but it's like, yeah. yeah, but like Denver outplayed them in the, but that's why, that's why they didn't win. Quarter. It was like Denver out. You could talk about like the, the Lakers had bad decisions, but like, I would actually like talk about, look, this is a make or miss league. And how many times, in the Lakers history has one great player or another just made the shots that they needed to. And last night, Jamal Murray made them, mm -hmm. you know, um, uh, this is, I want to have you on to talk about these things because we've been, we've been kind of chatting, chatting about them. I, I just yeah. think it's worth noting that I, for me, I understand where Malone's coming from, that there is this feeling of like after game one, imagine like you coached a one Oh in a conference finals mm -hmm. and everybody's like, Darvin Ham, what a genius. Did you see the adjustment <laughs> that he made? They didn't yeah. win, but like almost. Like imagine that. And you're like, Michael Malone's has never been in serious consideration for coach of the year. Mm -hmm. Michael Malone has never talked about as like one of the best coaches in the NBA. Michael Malone, like the Nuggets, like are not, they're just, and I'll, look, I will cop to this. When you talked about them sucking in that last, it wasn't the half. It was like a, I don't know, quarter of the season. Mm -hmm. They sucked bad enough. Like they threw me off the scent. I threw out everything I've ever said about how March basketball doesn't matter. I've always said that. And then when it was the Nuggets, I was like, "But maybe this time it does." <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, um, but like th that Warriors Lakers series got so much, and I I get it because it's LeBron versus Steph, and they're so popular. Yeah, but there is in my you're right that this is a media problem and not a Lakers problem. I don't think the Lakers like control that, mm -hmm. right? The Lakers aren't in charge of that, but we should demand better of these outlets oh. that are partners for covering. Yeah. Because you mentioned like the NFL side, it's a meritocracy. If you're good, you get covered. When the Packers won a Super Bowl, they got lots of coverage with Aaron Rodgers. 
like the Chiefs are, are covered 700,000 ways inside and out, right? Mm-hmm. And like, there's lots of scrutiny on the team. And I accept that because I'm like, yeah, they won two Super Bowls. What do you think was going to happen? Like all the good stuff, because this has been my thing with the players always is I'm like, all the good stuff that comes with being a superstar, it does come with other things. Like you got to yeah. do it from the media. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like uh, as long as we can agree that there is a, that there's a problem with the media construct that is largely either based in LA or is very much representative of like how awesome it would be to have one big market versus another, then we're, we're okay. Like, I'm not saying this is a Lakers problem. I'm saying mm-hmm. the media has a Lakers problem. I mean, like, like, look, um, when I was at locked on Lakers, we were, it was like us and fantasy basketball was the biggest show in, in the network there for a while. Right. Um, I don't know if, if that is still the case. When I went to Vox, the 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 what the the platform that I used to run there at Vox was, um, I believe the biggest NBA uh you know podcast that they had there and, um like I think I think it is actually an NBA problem that, uh so much of NBA coverage really revolves around the Lakers specifically and how they are kind of they are this big wave that all of these other other kind of entities ride on. And occasionally you'll have a, a warrior situation where they have done a really good job because of Steph's popularity to, um, you know, grow their own thing. And, and they have become like, you know, hugely popular too. But like the league, you look at, you look at all of their major tentpole events over the course of the season. Lakers are always involved with that Christmas. It doesn't matter if they're good, but they're always involved. Knicks too. Right. Um, you can look at you could look at the, the the first night of the season, you know, or, or the first couple nights of the season, and the Lakers almost always have one of those games, regardless if they're good or not. And um, yeah, I, I I think the thing that the NFL has done a spectacular job of is getting people interested in their sport, regardless of who is playing. It doesn't matter, you know. People tune in Sunday night, no matter who is playing on Sunday night football, because football is football, and yeah. and and. I think <clears throat> I think an underrated aspect of of the NFL success is the amount of pressure that the NFL places on its partners. If you're going to present our product, there are certain things, there are certain expectations, there are certain ways you're going to talk about our product. Now, sometimes it's like you go, it, it becomes propaganda, and you overlook things like CTE and brain damage and stuff, and that's where it becomes like actually unethical. But when you talk about like the way that um, the NFL is talked about. And the sport itself is talked about. Uh, and you compare that to the NBA where everything, there's almost no focus on the actual sport. It's almost always about trade season and which star is going to force their way out next. Which star can maybe get to the, to the market that we want them to be in because it's easier to, to prop up those numbers when that, when that star forces their way to that market specifically rather than actually do the work and prop up the, the league itself and the game itself and the sport itself. Um, so yeah, I look, I totally understand why like nuggets fans on multiple levels, uh, feel disrespected nationally. I, I think the bigger disrespect is locally with the RSN thing that has been going on now for years. And, and, and like, I understand like the, the little brother syndrome for lack of a better term that comes with that and the desire for extra, um, respect in those things. Also, 
go win a championship. And I promise the way that people are going to talk about you is going to be different. And this year they can really go out and do it. And I can't wait till next year when everybody gets sick, when all these Nuggets fans get sick of, of bigger shows and bigger platforms being like, hey, so when is Jokic going to force his way to, to play with Luka? When is that going to happen? <laughs> well, one, uh, one, you know, they're a long way from that. They got to deal with the Los Angeles Lakers going home. Still very much a series that they can lose. Uh, Lakers have played well enough to win games one and two. They did not win games one and two. They should have won one and two. More two. <laughs> game one. Game one. They made a they made a, a fake comeback. But game yeah. two, I thought that they probably should have won it. I don't know. Uh, but they got to take care of that. We'll uh, talk more about it. I appreciate Anthony coming on when it's 0-2. I'll try and have him back on if it's 2-2. Uh, you can catch all of his work over at his Twitter. You can catch him at Anthony Irwin LA, as well as check out the Lakers lounge podcast live show, all sorts of great stuff. Uh, check him out there as well. We'll be back on Sunday night with a recap of game three between the Denver nuggets and the Los Angeles Lakers. We'll talk to you guys then. Thanks for joining us on locked on nuggets.